business. The blog and podcast for game changers and innovators in the construction industry. Hello and welcome to this episode of the AEC Business Podcast. I'm Arni Heiskanen and my guest is Janne Kyttänen, CEO and co-founder of What the Future Venture Capital. We are going to talk about 3D printing and how it could be applied to construction. Janne, it's great to have you on the podcast. Uh, thank you, Arnie, for having me. Thanks for the invite. Glad to be here. And I, I've seen that you also ha- do pod- podcasting or, or video casting. Uh, yeah, so I, I started a, a channel at the beginning of this year, uh, and it's purely focused on, on, on value networks. And then value networks as in like how... <clears throat> Uh, uh, how they would add value for the 3D printing industry. So maybe you could start uh, start off by explaining a little bit about your background and and why you're interested in 3D printing, especially. Okay, let's let's do that. So my my background within the 3D printing world uh, winds uh, quite quite far back. So about 25 years, uh, when when I was a student, uh, or even before that, I, I discovered these tools before, and I was completely overwhelmed by. Uh, by the opportunities uh, that, that that these te- these technologies um, posed, you know, so it was a it was a kind of an aha moment for me at the time when I saw these technologies. I was like, whoa! So anything I have on my computer, I can translate into real objects through these technologies, and I was just completely blown away, you know. And, and I never went back to the workshop anymore. I didn't cut a piece of wood. I didn't pick a paintbrush. Uh, I didn't bend metal. I decided really focusing on creating 3D files and, and tried tried to understand uh, what beneficial applications could we really potentially create with these technologies in the future. And I've been I've been on that mission for the last 25 years, and I'm still very excited uh, doing what I do. So, what's your company all about? Uh, it's called What the Future Venture Capital. Um, so we uh, we're running an internal incubator, uh, which kind of has two uh, two uh, prongs. So we we either invest in your idea. Or we invest in our own idea, uh, but what I mean by us creating investing in the future of um, 3D value networks is that I I see this world uh, being far more complex and abstract than the people many times uh, see, and also that that's where we see the biggest opportunities. So instead of somebody uh, creating a machine and, and you know trying to sell sell these machines in an old-fashioned business model, we're really investing in uh, in value networks. And then somebody might have a software piece, somebody might have the distribution channel, somebody might have the hardware technology, somebody might have materials. So we are more investing in the entire system uh, and then trying to pick these different different individuals uh, uh, or companies around uh, a particular idea in order to make these a uh, reality. Well, that sounds really good. Uh, really good, good approach, I think. So uh, speaking of uh, 3D printing, uh, there has naturally been a hype around the thing, even though it has been around for quite some time. Mm, but what do you, do you think that are most feasible commercial applications of 3D printing right now? Um, it, it's yeah, it, it's it's a big it's a big question. So if you look at it, do you want to look at it from a commercial application, as in the wider world, or commercial application within the 3D printing industry? And that's always what I'm, how I'm always trying to challenge the 3D printing industry itself. And again, most people are, are focused on commercial applications as in like, oh, we're selling this machine to a user. Uh, but my question to them is like, are oh, you making this commercial application to your user? How about you making a commercial application 
to your user's user. So then again, you're not just looking at the linear fashion value chain model, but you're looking at the value network and trying to create value for everybody. So, so again, if you look at it from a commercial application within the 3D printing industry, yes, you got these types of machines and materials and software and all that. So yes, you can create a, a niche business in that area. But once we're going into more manufacturing, uh, uh, um, I would say um, manufacturing applications uh, and, and also branded applications, then it's a totally different different ballgame. I'll give you an example of, um, of a product that I'm actually wearing myself right now, which is the, it's a very old product already. Uh, it's the in, Invisalign um, dental brackets from, uh, from Align Tech. Um, so, you know, this is a highly commercial uh, uh, product where 3D printing is used as a tool, but it is not used as the means to an end. But this company particularly, I mean, they're selling smiles. They're not selling technology, but the smiles cost you $5,000 a year. Yeah, <laughs> very good. So my uh, podcast is about construction technology, and, and we have seen some uh, 3D printed structures and houses recently being produced. And so far, I've only found a handful of companies doing that commercially in the construction industry. Um, I, and I, I think you are doing something in that sector. Can you explain us uh, why and what is it uh, that you're doing? So again, winding, winding back a little bit to my previous answer on, uh, on the most feasible applications, I mean, commercial applications. So again, we have a number of concepts that are going, going on that, that we're, not, we're not there to sell a machine. We're not there to um, uh, you know, sell a particular technology, but we're really there to create value. And with value, I mean that let's say there's a, a, a you know, huge affordable housing challenge. I mean, housing shortage in the world at the moment, and it's only getting worse and worse. And they're also using 3D printing as a, as a kind of a, a showcase in certain parts of the world on like, hey, how could we use this technology for solving affordable housing? Um, but if you really start uh, looking in the details of where these issues are happening, whether it's in the in Central America, whether it's in Africa, whether, whether it's in Asia. Um, so a lot of times uh, the solutions can be far more simpler than you needing to create a specific Western uh, world uh, technology and then shipping uh, the, the, the machines in, play and, in place and you have to hire experts to run it and all that. So, <clears throat> so I'm, I'm more curious about applications where we're able to use local workforce, creating very, very simple simple system using local materials and really asking the questions on, on, on where, where are those problems on why is the affordable housing um, such a big, uh, big pandemic um, instead of getting in the media and creating this uh, press release on, hey, we got this 3D printer and now we're going to solve the housing uh, challenges all around the planet. I'm like, well, maybe not. How are you going to educate a local builder to use those tools? Or would you like to improve or digitize the tools the tools that a particular builder is using in a certain country. So we have, we're busy with a system which is doing, doing exactly that, you know, so we're, we're um, digitizing a CMU block of manufacturing uh, plants because um, again, there's um, tens of thousands of these kinds of plants all around the world. So instead of creating a new technology from scratch, okay, how can we digitize and improve the existing technologies that they, come, that they become very scalable and affordable and 
accessible, especially for local workforce. You know, so what are those kinds of systems that anybody can use if you have no education? How can you teach somebody in 15 minutes? So that's something that really triggers me in the construction world. You know, and how can you create an accessible system uh, that anybody can be uh, uh, can be a, taught to be a builder? Yeah, that's what we need. I, I yeah, I, I'm I'm all in on that. <laughs> it's a very good idea, but. Um... As you mentioned, there are local uh, uh, ways of building and construct uh, construction, and but but we know that three um, uh, D printed structures and buildings and infrastructure may require new material and, and structural solutions. Are there any examples that from other applications that we could learn from? Um, yeah, I mean, of course, I, I could draw out a multiple multiple examples I hear, but what I I think is a good good example of um, uh, give the, let's say, mobile banking or telephone networks as a good example. So, for example, in Africa or, let's say, Portugal, even in Europe, you know, it's a good example of, uh, of this where, where certain countries have literally bypassed the certain developments uh, that are perhaps hindering other, other areas around the world. Let's say, like, U.S., for example, you have very, very strict control on... on um, regulations and what you can build and how you have to build it and all that. And that's why all these uh, constructions, uh, con construction projects take, take so long. So many times it might be even easier to do, do these kinds of pilot projects in areas where, you know, maybe they're a little bit loose on, on, on their regulations and, and you can literally start making things from, from a scratch. So the reason why I mentioned mobile, mobile phones, uh, for example, so again, Africa, the reason why mobile banking and, and mobile telephones and all these kind of things, you know, they, they went, very very quickly uh, got widespread um, to all the people around the around the different different countries there because they just didn't have land uh, land networks they didn't have cables so you have to literally bypass the technology and then all of a sudden uh, people are able to create banking uh, solutions and all that kind of stuff um, in a completely new world and if you look at in America for example which you know I recently just moved out of uh, California four, four weeks ago we're still using checks. You know, I find it incredibly uh, cumbersome uh, that you've been doing this for things for decades and decades. And, and, and then you have some small African country which is literally bypassing everything and, and creating a far better system in a, in, in a heartbeat. So you're suggesting that perhaps uh, the greatest potential for this technology might not be in the so-called developed countries? Yeah, correct. And, and, but again, there is, is you can look at 3D printing in two different ways. You can, you can try to force technology to, to be something that it is not yet doing, or you can use it as a tool, which will then add value to existing systems. So I'll give you an example of, of the system that, we are, that we're developing. You know? So it, it, is a, um, it is a system that is connecting to every single block, brick uh, system out there, but it's just adding value for them. So imagine you're making a CMUM, block, for example, and you have to put an electrical conduit uh, uh, in, into one block. So you have to first, you make the building, then you cut a hole, you put your piping in, you put the electrical cables, you put a, there's a guy who's going to come and then finish it off and paint it and all that. So you have like four, five, six experts required to make one block. So, so it, it's incredibly expensive and it's incredibly time consuming. So the simple thing that we're doing, we're not 3D printing the entire house. We're literally just 3D printing that one block. But that one block has all those, all those elements already, already pre-built. And it connects into every single system out there. You know? So again, 
if if you're able to play with Legos, then you're able to make a mega house. You know, and that's these are the kind of solutions that we have in mind, and also then being able to educate the local workforce uh, to to create their own homes uh, by themselves. Hmm. Yeah, really exciting. <laughs> so, uh, I some some uh, companies have actually contacted me and asked me, uh, how can we 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 are in, interested in starting a housing project and and to use three D printing technology. Uh, but they ask me whom to contact and and how to start. <laughs> Do you have any ideas? Yes. <laughs> yes. Call me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Great. I, so I can help. And actually, this is I, I want to kind of uh, elaborate a little bit more on this as well. And a lot of times, people, you know, when let's say you're you're running a big org organization and you see three D printing in the media, you go, okay we want some of this, but we don't really know how and what. What do they do? I mean, no disrespect to uh, 3D printing machine manufacturers, but they're not, their business model is selling machines and materials. Their business model is not to help your customers' customers. Um, so many times it is uh, for, for these companies, it's far better to go to somebody who can, uh, let's say a consultant or whether I call it a middleman to help you navigate through, through that space. So instead of um, just going there and blindly and buying a, buying a machine and magically expecting that, hey, now this machine is going to deliver my solution. No, go ask the right questions. Find the right experts who are going to be middle in between there. What do you want to gain uh, and, and what kind of equipment you might need in order to get, get there? Or even ask you different questions. Like you might have an idea, okay, we want to make this, but I might have totally different questions. Do you really want to do that? And here are the questions that you should be asking. So... Go to the guy in the middle and go. don't go directly into the machine. Mm, yeah. If our listeners are interested in learning more and perhaps starting a commercial discussion with you, as you suggested, how, how can they contact you? Uh, yeah, email is the easiest. J-A-N-N-E at WTFBC.com. All right. We'll in include that in the show notes. So um, how about your future? What, what, what's, what's up next for you? What's up next? Um, so, well, I mean, we, we, we have a number of startups that we're working with. Uh, one is 10 years away, one is five years away, one is two years away, you know, one is six months away, and one is already being commercialized. So we work in a number of ventures uh, all at the same time. Uh, and, you know, they're all kind of becoming uh, mature at, at any given time. And, but, you know, again, my, my main, really, really main, main mission is, is to create those value networks around these concepts before, uh, before we go out there and spend a lot of money doing it. So it's, it's like, if, let's say if I were to become a 3D printing and machine manufacturer, there's no point building a factory and start making machines. There's plenty of other companies making machines. So it's more valuable to really connect those dots. But, but all of these concepts that we have, those are very, very for, forward thinking. So creating that networks takes a lot of time. A lot of big companies are not really ready to, uh, to change and, and, and all that. So we're kind of taking our time and, 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 and waiting sometimes is even the best thing to do. So putting the seeds out there and then maybe waiting four years, maybe, maybe waiting five years. These are kind of the, the classic mistakes that I've done in my early, uh, early time of my career. I mean, when I started 3D printing uh, 25 years ago, it was way, way, way too early when I had all these crazy ideas of what we could do. So I've, I've learned my lesson from that. There's a time to plant seeds, and then there's a time to scale and spend money. Um, and with a lot of these things that we have going on, as, as I said, I mean, they're 
very much in the seed phase at the moment and finding the right partners. Janne, it has been a great, a great talking to you and uh, I, I, I'm sure that we will keep on uh, discussing this uh, subject matter in the future as well and uh, hopefully we can come back and see where you be uh, in a year or so to to see where yes. you yes let's let's get an update and really thank thank you for having me okay thank you Jan. all right bye bye